Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I am your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And let's face it, what's happening in the media front, the political front, all these things are so important. And uh, one of my favorite people to talk to about these things is my guest this segment, Warren D. Robinson. He is a longtime regular on the show, a favorite, a personal favorite. He's a uh, showmaker. In fact, he's got uh, programs on Netflix, programs on Oxygen, uh, nationally syndicated shows, and uh, he's an attorney. One of my favorite media critics and, and really favorite pundits in all things politics. What I want you to do is to go to WarrenDRobinson.com. It's a great way to, uh, a great place to monitor everything about Warren and what's he got going on. And you always got a lot going on. Uh, be back on the show today. We're going to talk uh, about, I think, a really important uh, topic, uh, which is the way the U.S. House of Representatives behaves. It's a really bizarre, almost like a giant Saturday Night Live skit. And uh, you know, it's like, really, this is this is what's important, and this is how you're going to do things. And uh, you know, they they went out and found the least experienced person it seemed like they could get their hands on to be the next speaker of the house. Uh, we're talking about a guy who doesn't even have a checking account. I sometimes scratch my head at the ways I manage money, but I'm like, really? You're how old and you don't have a checking account? And uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of questions about uh, even how he makes money, how he has made money. And, and again, I, it's like the main criteria was that he was inexperienced, that he didn't have a paper trail. And for a right-wing loon, which is what his record kind of demonstrates, he's more agreeable than most of those types. I'm like, wow, that is like really weird criteria for one of the most important offices in the country, Warren. Yeah, you know, I I really have no words, Kevin, for what is going on in the United States Congress right now. Uh, and it's not often that I am without words, but their behavior recently <laughs> has been so baffling that I don't even know how to sum it up. I think you did a good example when you said – a giant Saturday night live skit because you would not believe this. Like if somebody were to come to you and say, hey, this is what the house is going to devolve into, you would think, oh, no, that has to be Saturday night live, right? You wouldn't believe it. But, in fact, it is true. Um, <laughs> we just have a, a complete house of representatives that are unserious. Um, just take the events of this past week. Right, which have been dominating the news. So not only do you have an inexperienced Speaker of the House who reports, to, like you said, no checking account, no savings account, reportedly no assets, something to that whole thing doesn't smell right to me. I mean, he's a 40-plus-year-old man, but I'll leave it there. Now, you have that. But then you then also have um, the former Speaker of the House allegedly – elbowing people in the side because they voted against him. How how petty is that? Are we five years old now? You know, you hit me. So, I, you know, as, as he's walking past um, Tim Burchett of Tennessee, he allegedly, you know, elbows him in the side. Then we have a United States senator, a Republican United States senator, who is sitting in a panel room on the Senate talking to a witness, challenging him to a physical fight. Literally standing up at his podium saying, you know, stand your butt up. What is going on? 
this is childhood. This is they're acting more like kids on a playground than they are United States representatives and senators. And quite frankly, uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by the whole thing. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. And if and and you you're just highlighting the the uh, Republican behavior. You know, and then there's some Democrats holding on to people who were essentially walking or wheelchair dead that were the entire legislative process, like, uh, you know, Dianne Feinstein. Uh, you know, there's so much work that did not get done. Her serving in one of the most important committees, in the Judiciary Committee, uh, because of what her state was, you know, waiting for her to finally pass away rather than at least getting out of that particular committee and being in the committee uh, so that real work could get done. I mean, it's really it's really quite bizarre. It's very immature. You know, you know, one of the fundamental. And by the way, you know, uh, to talk about how this kind of thing happens, uh, the New York Times did a very interesting story uh, about that whole incident in the Senate, where a senator, I think from Oklahoma, who later said, "Well, this is how Oklahomans solve problems. We we go to sleep." Like oh my god! But the, you know the, the, he got they were they were measuring how much airtime he got. You know, first of all, virtually I can't even remember his name at the top of my head. Uh, he's Mark like one Wayne. of these Mark Wayne members that what's that? Mark Wayne, Mark Wayne Mullen. Is yes, name. thank you. You know, he's one of these start stealth members that's rarely ever seen. And you're talking the time he got in both print and in and in uh, video, TV and radio. And it's exponentially more than almost all of his clips combined in one incident. And so they have so much incentive to behave this way uh, because they lend so much to it. And I, gotta, I just got to tell you, and, and this isn't a new problem. I, I, work, I work in the Senate. I worked for Senator Gordon Humphrey from New Hampshire uh, a long time ago, back in the 80s. I was a young guy. And... Uh, you know, back back then, particularly in the House, House Republicans, I had many friends who worked on the House. We'd get together for lunch and dinner or whatever. And there's been a long-term attitude in the Republican Party where it was quietly arguing, particularly on the House side, that obstruction was the best form of governing because the only things government actually do are things that undermine productivity, undermine competition, uh, whatever, you know, or, or can I even say social? Now, it was a quiet attitude back in the 80s. No one would come out and say that because it's like, why don't you do something else for, for a living if you're not going to govern? Now these guys are proud of that kind of behavior. You know, change all about it. We've seen that increasingly amongst the House, and we've seen that kind of behavior uh, envelop the House over the last number of years. However, the Senate was always seen as the more mature of the branches, right? right? The, the Senate was always seen as the kind of upper statesmen, and they tend to hold themselves to a certain standard, at least they used to. Now we have that same kind of behavior invading the Senate, and that is not a good thing. Um, if you want to be a celebrity and get attention, you know, he used to be an MMA fighter. There are ways to go be a celebrity, but if you want to be a senator who governs, you can't behave 
in this kind of way. At least I don't want our Senate turning into what we've seen from certain House members. We need to have a higher standard of United States senators. Listen, when you have Bernie Sanders being the voice of reason, you know something is wrong. <laughs> I don't think anybody would look at Bernie and say he's a, an extremely reasonable person. But in this situation, Bernie Sanders was the voice of reason. And even he said, you're a United States senator. This is going too far. So it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But, yes, we've seen that kind of celebrity cult status thing invade the House for the worst. The reason we had this speaker drama and didn't have, and had the, the House paralyzed for weeks and weeks was because of this cult of celebrity, because people wanted attention. If that invades the Senate, we're doomed. Yeah, and it is. It is. It's becoming more and more ridiculous. Uh, and I, I, you know, again, I hate to say it, the Republicans are worse than the Democrats. And the reason why I hate to say it, you know, I've never really considered myself as a Republican. Um, you know, and, and back in West Texas when I was a younger man, I would occasionally vote for Democrats because they were the best candidates and tended to be more conservative, like I was. Um, but I'm telling you, man, the, uh, uh, but most of my life, I, I've I've been involved with the Republican Party. I've worked for, on campaigns. I uh, was an aide to a U.S. senator, uh, Republican-aligned think tanks, all of that. But, man, it, it has become so embarrassing. Uh, I want to, like, wash my hands from what I've done. I almost feel like, but, you know, we were different. We were all different then. But, uh, man, now it's just insane. It's just utterly insane. It's like a bad SNL skit that runs 24-7. <laughs> And uh, gee, can I turn off this channel? Where's the you know where's the knob? And uh, it's it's really difficult to watch. And I don't see it getting better. I you know, and you're you're, you're talking about you know the fact you know, you know just reminds me. You got the grown-ups, Mitt Romney, you know, and you got the grown-ups like like uh, Joe Manchin. They're done. They can't they can't say anymore. And uh, we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, neither one of those guys are perfect, but you know what? They both share a sobriety about the importance of the office they have. They have a they have a seriousness about what their job's supposed to to be. Um, they they were elected to legislate. That's what senators and House members ostensibly do. They legislate. They understand that. Man, these these guys here in the House, this mm -hmm. you, know, I, I, you know, really it's the freedom it's the freedom caucus in general, uh, but you know the crazy eight in particular, the guys who who led the coup against uh, Kevin McCarthy, warts and all, uh, better than the current speaker, uh, who I don't think is going to last more than a couple of weeks in light of the warning shot. They literally called it right. The freedom caucus said the warning shot. He sent over the bow of leadership, over their collusion, as they put it, with the Democrats to try to keep government open. I mean, this is, this, these people hate government. They hate government. Because when was it a bad thing to keep the government open and keep people paid and keep things actually running and operating? That's the baffling part about it. But it's interesting to note because you're right. Uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, of course, was a representative for 10 years. He won in a special election when uh, Jim Inhofe retired. So we'll see if he can actually win a real Senate campaign. But he is a House guy. He came from the House. He came from that Freedom Caucus. That's his background, and he's bringing that behavior 
into the Senate. And he's not alone. Uh, Fetterman out of Pennsylvania is another one who, oh. to me, is an attention seeker and, and really bringing down the decorum of the Senate. So we're seeing it on every side. But uh, And as much as I don't like Johnson, you brought up McCarthy, and I agree that the, the, the reasoning behind getting rid of McCarthy for actually keeping government open didn't make much sense to me. But his behavior post losing, and I understand he's upset, has shown him to be a very, in my opinion, a very juvenile, very callow person, and maybe he didn't deserve um, the speakership job. He has griped. He has um, come ridiculed the members that voted against him. He's now elbowing people in the side because he's upset and angry. This is such childish behavior and not what you would expect from somebody who was Speaker of the House before. And maybe in another election, if he could actually focus on legislating and getting Republicans elected, may have a chance of being a Speaker again. This type of behavior is not going to endear him to anybody, and that's not the kind of behavior that is going to 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 get in there. I personally think he's going to retire. I don't think he's going to stay um, in the House, but he's definitely shown why some of these eight decided to band together and and get rid of him because his behavior has been very juvenile. Yeah, he he they felt they felt threatened because he's just like them. <laughs> <laughs> they hated him like cocaine's Pepsi, Warren. Um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting to watch. I, I've been disappointed by his behavior, and I understand he was crushed. You know what other speakers who have done who've been crushed by things that have happened in Congress? You know, John Boehner. Um, you know, uh, Paul Ryan. You know what they did, right? They said bye. Exactly. <laughs> they just left. I don't want to govern anymore with you guys. You don't play right. And they were both right, frankly. It sent a nice message, too, that apparently no one got, no no one's hearing it as it gets worse. And so, yeah, he's like sour grapes. He just walks around just uh, uh, acting ripped off. And, uh, frankly, you know, it was all terrible how it was done. It's insane. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, it's not the way to do things. And so – but I have I have no I have little to no hope of things getting better in the house. I really don't. And I actually believe we're going to see the uh Senate act more and more like the House. That's what, what I envision happening. Uh, that's what I see. Go ahead. Oh god. I I believe you, but I do hope you are wrong. But I believe you. Uh, unfortunately I think that is the type of candidates we're electing. That's where we're heading. And that is shameful, but I will say this. Republicans, uh, I think that they better, that, that their time is numbered because um, the American people are watching this. And what we have seen so far with them leading the House has been chaos after chaos after chaos. And they have a three-seat majority. That's it. Yeah. And one of those seats is George Santos. Yeah. All right. So you have to think, how is this going to play out in the next uh, election cycle? This level of chaos, and now we've punted the ball again on the government spending, so we're going to be in another situation come January and February with these two bills and it, what's going to happen there. This is not going to help Republicans get reelected. And so at this point, I, I, I see Democrats taking back over the House, and that can have repercussions on the Senate and the presidency as well because I don't think the American people like this level of childish games and chaos happening. Say what you will about Nancy Pelosi and her policy initiatives or whatever it was. She managed to have complete control of of a divided 
caucus. You didn't see this level of infighting there. Yeah, how you the heck see. she controlled AOC crowd was beyond me. That that crowd was half of the entire Democrat caucus. It's one of the <laughs> largest groups. She controlled them. She had them completely in line. You know, and fundamentally, again, man, I'm no fan of Democrats. So I've been beating up on them way more than I have Republicans when you look at the totality of my my uh, career. Uh, the last few years, I definitely... Uh, I've made up for that, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, with all of my misgivings with the de- Democrats, they take the job of governing as a group way more seriously than Republicans do, way more seriously. And we need statesmanship, not comedy. And this is even, it's like dark comedy. It's not even funny dark comedy. I mean, it's so hard to watch. And again, it's getting worse. It's almost like a contag- contagion. You know, because here we had it in the House, a relatively small group. Now it's pretty ubiquitous in there. I mean, think about it. When they elected this new speaker who voted uh, against certifying the election of Joe Biden, they are, that means that this Congress, in my opinion, because the issue was so huge, this, this House Republican caucus is still promoting the election lies. They are election deniers because you cannot vote for someone like him with how much vested he had in the lie and uh, not be uh, someone who supports the lie. I mean, it, you, you, you can't separate it because of how consequential that lie was about the uh, 2020 election. And, and now it is like a contagion. It's ubiquitous in the leadership. Even though, even though the, the, the group that leads the charge doesn't think the, the leadership is crazy enough. I mean, that's how crazy this is. Um, and now, as, as we've been talking about, it, it's spreading like a disease throughout the Senate. I don't see it ending. You know, and what's interesting, because we're running out of time and, and kind of went over already on this segment, you have one of, one of the most responsible members of the Senate. And, there, and the reason why Joe Manchin retired is the, because of the fact I don't think he could win re-election. That state has become one of the most red states in the union. He barely survived the last election cycle. That I won't say that's the reason, but that was an important play. He doesn't like to lose. Um, but now he's, you know, he's, but he is talking about looking at other options, and I'm finding it fascinating that you have someone as serious and consequential as Joe Manchin. And even RFK Jr., yes, I know his positions on vaccines and other things are, are bizarre, unhealthy, but there's a seriousness about him, the way he, he, his demeanor and his energy and, of course, his name that resonates with people. You've got, to go back, you've got to go back to Theodore Roosevelt to find a third-party candidate that has the kind of numbers, polling-wise, that uh, RFK Jr. is getting. And, uh, you know, I look at either one of them, and if I'm not a serious student of politics, which I consider myself to be, either one of them are, are more vital than uh, Biden or, or Trump. And Manchin, he's off the chart more vital than either of those two guys. And that's just really, to me, when you have serious players like that in running independent or looking at running independent in the case of Manchin, that really shows you how broke the two major parties are, how broken they are. No, absolutely. And, and you know, that's a whole additional conversation, but you're absolutely right. There is something going on with our party systems and 
how we and who we are electing. We are sending folks to Congress and to the Senate who want to be celebrities instead of wanting to govern. And that's the sadness. You know, it used to be nobody knew the name of a U.S. senator, like if he wasn't from your state. And sometimes you didn't even know the ones from your state because they sat back quietly, did their jobs. They weren't out always trying to garner the news cycle. Now they're more interested in being celebrities than actually governing, and it's to our detriment. Yeah. It's so funny you should say that. I was walking down the hall of uh, the U.S. Uh, Senate, and, and you know, just outside the U.S. Senate, uh, I had just uh, met with uh, a friend of mine who worked for a member, and uh, Senator Gordon Humphrey was standing by the elevator, and uh, I just walked up to him and said, hey, Senator, uh, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate your work. I admire your record. I talked about a couple of uh, bills that he championed. And he goes, what part of the state are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Texas. He goes, you're from Texas? I said, yeah. He says, come by. And he, he goes, what are you doing here? I said, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> and he said, come by my office tomorrow. Tell him you and I had talked and, uh, and uh, you know, give me your name. And, and sure enough, 24 hours later, I had a job because I, I wowed the socks off of him just knowing who he was because what you say <laughs> is true. They, you know, they, these guys were workers, rank-and-file guys, and he was just impressed. Someone knew who he was that wasn't from New Hampshire. And, uh, yeah, it's changed. And I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, my friend, not in a very good way. Final thoughts, we need to wrap this up. Go ahead. Yeah, just final thoughts is I, I, I am disappointed. I am embarrassed by what has happened, and I am just hoping that maybe some election losses will bring some folks back to the center and get them to get their hands on straight and focus on governing and not trying to be, you know, the rock. The rock. I like that. All right. You know who that is. He is the rock of this program, Warren D. Robinson. That guy brings great stuff to every single segment on the show. And uh, check him out at warrendrobinson.com. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.